Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to my podcast. Yes, Russ Parrcast. On today's episode, as we start to wrap up Black History Month, we'll talk to one of my favorite comedians and a wonderful actress. Her name is Lunell, and then, of course... I'm going to rant. I always rant on my show. So, hey, might as well go ahead and get stuff off my chest. Well, you know, whenever I sit down and I'm writing a movie, I'm like, I wonder if Linnell would play this part. Yes, this will be perfect. And all I got to do is just write just a little bit and get a whole bunch of free material from her. I love using Linnell. I mean, I really do use her. <laughs> I don't have to come up with nothing. I'm just kidding. Linnell. How's my favorite actress? You need to restructure that question these days and be like, whenever I sit down to write a movie, I always think, can I afford Lunell? That's, that's your new question for 2021. <laughs> and, and you know I can't afford you, but that's it's all I good. know that. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. No. What up, Russ? What How, up? You How, How you doing? How you doing? But I have to tell you, you know, we, we've done a number of movies together. And one of the things that, I love working with you, and you know that. Uh, yeah. I think one of the big things is the fact that you're always the same mood. I don't have to get a different person every day. That's number one. Number two, you're always prepared. And number three, if I got some vodka somewhere, I don't care if it's 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to do some. <laughs> well, that that has changed. <laughs> oh, has it? I, I, I definitely do not drink like I used to when I was on the road. Oh, okay. It was sort of part of the, it was sort of part of the job, you know. I think that being in the club, you know, it's, um, you know, 8.30 and, you know, I, I definitely don't drink before my show, but mm. I definitely start drinking at my show. <laughs> and there, there was times um, where I would do one, two, or three shows in a night. Oh, goodness. So the third show is always up in the air. What's going to happen on that <laughs> Wait, What's going to happen, right. That's uh, hey, nobody, nobody, nobody can calculate that. <laughs> but I don't do that anymore because I just really don't and never have actually liked the taste of hard liquor. Mm. I've become more of a wine connoisseur during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I don't even drink a lot of that because, you know, three glasses of wine and I'm, I'm asleep. Oh, you know? me too. And but, the next um, day I, it get me, you know, next day I'm just down. Uh, uh, it takes a minute to, yeah. to recover. But you know what, Linnell, for real though, because I remember I saw you maybe about a year ago in, in Atlanta mm-hmm. and you were up on stage and you were sitting down. I'm like, I said, this is dope. She's sitting down having a drink and just talking. It was just like you you sitting there. And, and I don't want to make this this whole interview about, you know, we already know you're funny. We know you do stand up. But I liked how you related to the audience. And I kind of realized you were sitting down because of having some knee replacement stuff done. I can't wait until somebody comes up with a penis replacement. Oh, um, I can't wait either. Oh, because uh, I got to tell you, I'll be the first one in line. I said, look. Well, I, need- I got three to come right after you. I got three to come right after you. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm, I, what are you gonna do with the old knees? I mean, I, do they give you like, oh, here's your kneecap? You know, I wanted them to. I wanted them to, but they would not. <laughs> they wouldn't let you but, do it. Um, no, I got you know a little fiberglass, a little metal. I don't know if I'm gonna go off in the metal detector yet, 
because I always cruise to the airport in my indoor Uber, which is my wheelchair, you know? Yeah. The wheelchair serves many purposes. First of all, I don't have to stand in line with people mm-hmm. and be accosted and picture whored out and right. because there is no more meet and greet. That's out. You know, I tell everybody on my on my Instagram and stuff, if you have a picture with me hugging you, kissing you, licking on you or whatever like that, it is now a collector's item because there'll be no more. <laughs> you of ain't that. doing that. You're not the one of those no, people that go to the grocery stores and gets one of those rental carts and stuff. I have done that, <laughs> but I don't normally do that because I don't go to the store anymore. I have an assistant that shops for me. Go, go ahead, I haven't girl. Been in a, I haven't been in a grocery store in, in over a year. But that's, you know, it's my agent's daughter. She's yeah. the one. So can can I? Work. Is it okay for me to bring up? Because, you know, you, we keep it real. Um, you're not the same size anymore. I'm sitting here looking at a picture because, first of all, <laughs> I love, you know, the uh, pictures in, in the lingerie. And, and, you know, we like brother and sister, so I don't look at them like, like that. Yeah, uh, but I have four real brothers, and they probably some of them probably do look at them just <laughs> like that. I, you know, it always makes me nervous because I'm like, damn, I got four brothers. I wish I could block them from my lingerie shots. But I'm a certain age. I do not pose in lingerie because I think I'm so smoking hot, which I am. Go but, ahead. You know, that's Rihanna's line. I'm a, I'm a Savage X Fenty lingerie ambassador. I've been one for five months. I'll be one for another couple of months um, unless they extend my my tenure, which they have already and given me a raise. Well, you know, God has blessed you with perfect breasts. And I mean, since we, since we, we can go there, I'm, I'm going to talk about... I mean, you have you have great breasts. Uh, I'm I'm telling you what the guys were telling me. He said, "Man, her areolas, oh. everything is asymmetrically <laughs> bright." And I'm going they like, "Hey, my areolas I, right now." Well, no, but I mean, the, the imagination. They thought they saw them in that little velvet art. But you can but see a little bit, Linnell. Come on now. Oh, that's the magic. But I said, "Dude, but you don't stand fine. a chance. You're over 45. She likes them young." But uh, <laughs> no, I she do just, like that. She just likes them. You know, one of the things I, you know, I really wanted people to hear about you because there are layers to Linnell, and I'm not saying that I know them all. You know, there are there are times that you have struggled with things on a mental level. There are there are times, and you put it all out there on social media. I see it. I don't have any. I'm I'm an open book. Yeah. And I mean, I remember one time I saw something and I went, oh, I think I'd need a call. And you came on. Hey, Ross, how you doing? I'm like, what did I just read over here? What's going on? But you, I mean, you you resolve issues. I'm a Pisces and a fish will flip back and forth, you know? Gotcha. And, um, uh, you know, there's times when people feel depressed and you may feel yourself sliding into an actual depression mm. but the people who are lucky are the people like me who can actually pull themselves back out mm. and not get stuck in that dark place you know right but when you um you know i have a husband that i love very much i've been married for um uh 20 years this year but you know not all in a row right <laughs> we were separated for many years and then he got he's very ill he had prostate cancer he beat that he's got a heart monitor and mm. uh, he's got COPD because he was on drugs for a lot of years and mm. stuff like that. 
so during the time we were separated, during I, I was running them niggas like a train, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I um, <laughs> that's where the young boys came in. But I, you know, that that's depressing to have the person, that, and we don't live together all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because his doctors are in Texas, and I just need him closer to his doctors, you know. Um, so we, he comes out here for a while. I go out there for a while, and. Yeah. And then we're not together for a while. And, you know, that's difficult sometimes. But, but it works um, for you. It works for me because I don't need a motherfucker in my house every day. No damn way. <laughs> I like, I'm one of them wives that are like, let's take a little break for a while. I can't think <laughs> out in a couple months, you know. That, thank God for FaceTime. Absolutely. And um, I, uh, but um, uh, back to the weight thing, I, um, after my surgery, I, I lost some weight and I don't know how I did it mm-hmm. other than the fact that I was doing therapy three times a week in the house mm-hmm. and uh, um, let me see an hour. Uh, yeah. Three times a week for three weeks in the house and four weeks, three times a week outpatient at the hospital gym. Mm-hmm. And I drank a lot more water and I didn't eat the portions that I used to eat. And now mm-hmm. I just don't eat the portions, but my sister, you know, I'm like, how the hell did I lose 13 pounds? This is on the scale at the doctor's office. Well, my sister just made neck bones last night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Shit, meatloaf and steak omelets and shit. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? But, you know, it literally, it, I think that I lost 13 immediately because I wasn't drinking. And I'm not drinking. You wow. Because there's a lot of sugar in, in alcohol. A lot of people don't know that. You Absolutely. Know? And a lot of the comics, we drink out of habit. You know, we've been doing it. It's part mm. of the act. It's part of the the routine you know you take a bath you put on your makeup you put on your perfume you get dressed you go to the club you order a drink and eat those bullshit ass mozzarella steaks and mm-hmm. you eat these buffalo wings and all this shit and i just don't do that no more now i will take you know my food to the club if i want to and plus during that time of my recovery from my surgery i wasn't eating fast food everything i got was home cooked even if it was a sandwich right for 90, you know, for eight weeks while I was in recovery my sister's house. So during this quarantine, obviously we've been doing more cooking. Right. You know, trap holes can't remain trap holes forever. Even the trap hole had to do some cooking if they closed. All you sit down in trap holes, regardless of what you see on Instagram, trap holes activities have fell off. Now, mind you, cash app still works during the quarantine or not. And I'm sure they still want to go where the money resides. You feel me? But... Oh, but um, it's just like a lot of people that I know, I said that this quarantine will either break, make or break a relationship. Right. A lot of people got engaged mm-hmm. because they're like, you know what? It really ain't nothing out there in them streets for me. Let yeah. me go ahead on and get with the writer that's been with me and let's try to see if we can build a life and make shit work. That's and so good. that's what I've noticed during this quarantine is that a lot of people just locked it down. You know, even my yeah. baby daddy, that nigga 60. 63 years old. He just got engaged. I'm like, well, about fucking time. Shit, you need to do something with your life. Plus, he got, he lucked out and his old, a lot of people went back and got that old thing back. Right. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of my little, you know, dalliances coming back out the woodwork trying to see what I'm up to, you know, and um, yeah, my, well, my baby daddy got engaged to a girl that he used to go with in college. A lot of people trying to get that old thing back because trying yeah. to impress a bitch during the pandemic. It's a really hard thing to do. Well, you know, the thing is, though, it's like it's during this pandemic. It it makes you realize how much you miss people. And and it makes you take a second look at the people that were in your life and go like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. 
uh, well, or like, I'm glad I can't see these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Because, like, I stopped doing meet and greets shortly before the quarantine anyway, just because I'm so sensitive to certain makeups and certain perfumes that people will have on. If it's cheap, I'm sorry, if you wear cheap perfume and you hug me, 15 minutes after you leave with your picture, I'm, you know, I'm going in my throat and got to get shot with an EpiPen because my lungs are starting to close up. You know, wow. So we just stopped doing those because I could be on the road. I've done shows with my eyes closed shut with mm. shades on and pulled my shades off to show people what I'm doing and also, you know, try to get a little empty like that bitch is bad. Right. She did the whole show with her eyes closed. Okay, but let me because, ask you. you know, let me so ask you this, though, Linnell. Oh, and by the way, we're talking to Linnell. Actress, comedian, just a good friend, funny person. There are a lot of comedians, and some of my friends are going out during the pandemic, and they're doing shows. Comedy clubs are open. Um, are you doing that? Absolutely not. Thank you. Motherfuckers will not see Lunell live and in person until probably May or June of this year. Mm-hmm. There's two things I'm not doing. There's three things I am doing and two things I'm not doing. The two things I'm not doing is going out and doing any stand-up live and in the club. I miss it like fuck. I really, really mm-hmm. do. Um, on my Instagram, I even was in my gown riding with my niece to the store and we ended up by the by the Arlington Improv and I jumped out and took a picture in my gown right in front of the club. That's how much I, <laughs> I miss it. But it's discipline. I'm not going to do any stand-up till we get a bit of a grip on this shit, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, I'm I'm not um, doing any Zoom or, or um, stand-up on um, social media mm-hmm. because, number one, I don't work for Cash App. Okay, there's not that much cash after in the world to pay me what what I get on the road. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, I I don't trust the internet because you know people's internets are glitchy or they'll freeze, and yep. now you're trying to do your bit and your bit just got tossed because the shit froze and nobody heard you and you got to go back and you know. And I need applause. I live for applause. Absolutely, I like applause. I'm about to get an applause uh, noise on my on my computer just so I can listen to the shit when I, when I talk to my damn self, you know? Right. So, right. Uh, th- those are the two things I'm not doing. The three things I am doing is writing a Netflix special, even though I do not have a Netflix deal. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that right now, but there, there are, there are some little rumbling. I am doing more film and, 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 and doing uh, television. Because we have to quarantine. There's no more eating with your friends on the set. You're eating alone in your dressing room and all that. Just to be, that gets to be kind of sad because you want to go eat with Jamie. You want to go eat with, um, right. you know, uh, T.I. and stuff. You want to eat with your friends, but you can't do it anymore. They take your temperature. They mm-hmm. keep you isolated. We even used to, when I take some bad stuff embarrassing me, we had to wear a, a kind of a watch that tells you if you've been standing too close to somebody for too long. Yeah. Of course, me and Jamie took that watch and threw it on the damn floor because how you going to interact with Jamie and not be next to him, you know? So, I mean, And, and it's kind of tough yeah. because, you know, I was I was supposed to direct uh, Saints and Sinners for Bounce TV. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've done it for a couple of years, and I had to take this year off, and I felt like I was abandoning everybody. Of course, you know, they shoot in Atlanta, 
And yeah, Atlanta was just a hotbed of COVID. Yes, I know. And, I, like you know, you I have an elderly father that I take care of, and I just didn't want to take a chance, but I felt like I you let don't everybody down. You want to be the one to spread it to your father, you yeah. know? And so you have to, even though you may feel fine, you might be a spreader, and, you know, and, and you just can't take that chance. Yeah. A lot of the young, you know, don't believe it, didn't believe it's real, don't believe it's real, and they're still doing big events. And yeah. it's sad to me, and I, you know, even had to quarantine my daughter from my house. People thought that I kicked her out the house. My daughter doesn't live with me, number one. Mm-hmm. And I had to quarantine her until she got a clue about how you're going to have to proceed with me. Of course, as a mother, you can't keep your kid away forever. I was right. like, I'm just going to have to risk it because, you know, I got to let my daughter in my house and when I'm going to push her to her boyfriend's people's house. Mm. And and so I watched I you, like, of course, you were on a, Yonla's uh, uh, Fix Your Life and yeah. you and your daughter. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how candid you want to be about it, but, you know, when they shoot those shows and, and they edit it, they, they make it look like, okay, here's the person's issues that we're dealing with. One thing, just to be honest with you, I felt that they didn't really address a lot of your stuff. And they didn't address the issues that I have with my daughter at all. But oh. I said, first of all, let me just sit and listen. Because if my daughter opened up to Iyanla about anything she felt about me, it would be the first time that she opened up to any adult about me. You mm. know, she might talk to her friends or whatever. But she doesn't talk to her father about me. She talks to him about them, you know. And mm-hmm. so um, I said, well, let me just listen and see what's going on. And I did learn some things, you know, and I've continued to learn some things. You know, when I was gone on the road and my daughter had to catch buses to school, I didn't realize the violence and stuff that was going on on some of these buses that she witnessed. I didn't realize that she knew kids at school with guns. I didn't realize that. Mm. She's like, Mom, we're on Crenshaw and Slauson. What did you think? I said, you know, I just never, it never even crossed my mind. But I think that might have been a defense mechanism for me to be able to leave, to not think about that stuff. And then, of course, if I did not work as hard as I did, you know, most people aren't financially prepared to sit down for nine, ten months to Hello. a year Hello. and still pay their bills. I was able to do that. Of course, I also got blessed by some of my more prominent friends that, mm-hmm. that you know, threw me a, a, what they call in church a, a love offering mm-hmm. during this quarantine. And I'm very grateful to that because it's not like I had a million dollars backed right. up. But, you know, you know what I want to what I'm grateful about with you, though, just to keep it real is like we did a movie, um, 35 and ticking. My favorite scene. One of the greatest movies ever made that never got advertised properly. But but my favorite scene. Still discovering that movie. Really? And they write and they're like, oh, my God, that movie. What's that movie? You and Kevin Hart. You watch the sperm bank. I'm like 35 and chicken. Yes, 35 and chicken. And that movie was multi-layered. You yeah. know, it, it, it was really a great film. Thank really you so much. But it was, yeah. you know, I remember directing you on the set. And I said, well, Linnell, you're going to be looking straight down. Yeah, and they you, have no mind. You looked at me Bring like I was down. crazy. Uh, I had to please trust me on this. And, and I think this was like maybe one of our first or second movies that we've done together. Yeah. And yeah. so 
as a director, you got to be careful that you don't tap in the wrong area. And I've never, no, I've never done that with you. Absolutely right. You were absolutely right. And you said pretend like he means nothing to you. You see him all the time. It's no big deal. You know, you just service him. Don't even look at him. Pay him no attention and play it down, 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 yep. down. Yep. And I've never been directed like that before. And it worked out beautifully. It was, it was, it was a work of art. That film, actually, you know, you had yeah. such a great cast, yeah. like Kevin and myself, and Megan Good and Golden Books, and you know, um, uh, Louis Soto's wife, and you yeah. had uh, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful cast. And and it was filmed all here in my hood in Lamert Park and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, yep. You know, so that was a great film. But you know great, what? Great I, I one of the things that with you and and comedians. When you get two comedians, two strong comedians on the set at the same time, there's usually a little bit of competition. And you guys were willing to let each other have your moment. Because I got to tell you, you know, goggles, you're going to go with this magazine, you're just bringing stuff lotion, up. And you, you want the lotion? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was just one of those things that I'll never, ever forget. And the I remember you were... And all that. Yeah, yeah, I remember you were a little irritated because you thought Kevin should have probably promoted it a little bit more. Um, well, I still believe that, but I yeah. understand. I think I understand why, mm-hmm. but I don't like why. You know. Yeah, and um, and one thing I can say about you, about you're a loyalist, it. and you've had my back, and and yeah. that that was one of the things I'll never forget because I remember you came on my show and you were pissed and you ripped him a little bit. And but you yeah. you did it in, in in a way like hey we got to do this this is a really good film, and at the end of the day I don't have expectations for people because I'll just get my feelings hurt. But you spoke everything I probably wanted to say, but you know and you still do, and that's why you know me and you we're gonna be like this forever. You know that. Yeah, we talked offset. We talked during you know. You know, we we ate together and and all that kind of stuff. And you're one of my my favorite people. You talk mad shit to me all the time, though, Russ. And I remember one day I called you. I, I remember one day you were walking down the sidewalk. We we're in Atlanta, and going to set. And I said, "Hi, right, what's up, bitch?" Or something like I said <laughs> like that. And you said, "You're the only one that could ever that can do that could yeah. ever say that to me." Other but guess what? Like, Have I said it to you since? No. Because no, I'm no, not no. taking advantage of that. I'm not. No, other people were like, what the fuck? I'm like, he, he, he's just talking shit. But see, <laughs> Fucking With You has allowed me to meet people like Lisa Arendelle. Mm-hmm. Fucking With You has allowed me to do a, a movie with David Banner. Mm-hmm. Fucking With You has allowed me to work with the great Columbus Short, who was going through things at the time. Oh, Lord. But still turned in a stellar performance. He's yeah. also a fucking amazing, amazing actor. Yeah you know, who just got in his own way for a while. But I believe that everybody can be redeemed and something's yeah. going to happen and Columbus will be riding, riding the, 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 I wanted the, to fight him. I, I, I'm, I wanted to fight him. To be honest. <laughs> oh, I know you did. Uh, Especially when he smoked weed in the church. How about oh my, that? Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell that story because it's true and nobody can deny this. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the movie was called definitely divorcing. With Columbus Shore and then Lunell and Golden Brooks, Robin Givens, Gary Owen, and everybody was in that movie. The movie was about a bunch of married couples having issues. And Columbus, uh, we had to shoot a scene in a church. 
a real church. A real with some church. real church people. I think there was a couple of church folks who mm-hmm. had like, you know, opened up the church and were on the premises. <laughs> right. And so we're getting the, everything together. Columbus walks in with a blunt in his mouth. And Columbus, it, you can lit, call me if you lit, want. And lit. 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 Yeah. And everybody is shocked. Mortified. Walking, Mortified. He was walking by the pastor's office, and you could smell yeah. it in the hallway. <laughs> and there was one defiant black actress that went up and took it out of his mouth. And that was Lunell. And we, he, we can't, bro. We can't. We can't. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. And that was the day I wanted to fight him. I, I wanted to go out oh, there. Oh, yeah, you did. I, yes, I, you did want to fight I, him. I said, yes, man, I don't, I don't beat up actors. And, you know, I, I, and he's younger than me, so I'd rather do it in his trailer so he couldn't go far. We didn't have to make a lot of big movements. And I've movements. never seen you mad like that, but you was living. Your little ass was turning all kinds of things of crimson and shit like that. Ooh, you were hot, boy. But he respected and, um, you. He respected you because most actors that would do something that kind of crazy and then you went and took it from them, um, they would have, like, had a problem. Now, I hit it now. Let's be clear. I hit it before I put it out. <laughs> I, I hit it before I put it out. But, you know, I'm like, we can't do this. Let's, let's go outside. Let's go outside. Let's go oh, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, but I will say that I love Columbus, and he knows I'm always there for him. But that day I just wanted to put some hands on him. There's so many stories that, that we can tell, but so many we don't have much time. So I, and I've many. taken up a lot of your time. But I, I do want to say that you got a number of things that you're doing. Um, you, you got the YouTube show, um, uh, Just yeah, I got Lunell. a YouTube show called Hey Lunell. Hey Lunell. H-E-Y-L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Hey Lunell is on YouTube. Subscribe mm-hmm. it uh, to it or just watch it either way. I appreciate it. I do my Instagram lives. My Instagram is just at Lunell, L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. It always blows my mind how people misspell my name when it's right at the top of the fucking page. But anyway, <laughs> and then... You're in Coming to America, too. I, I think it's March 5th, right? March 5th is the day that Coming to America, The Quest, drops on Amazon Prime. I'm very proud to be in that film with all the OGs and, and a lot of the new people, the icons that... I won't even get into you. Just be prepared to have your you, mind on. Have you based on what you've seen? Is it is it good? Because you oh, know what you uh, you come yeah. you you following up a classic coming to America. Yeah, but don't trip. Tie your shoes because they would never do this and have it undersold. Yeah. Not, like okay, let me just say this real quick about that. And and also, I was out in in New York and I did Power. I want to thank them for having me on Power Book 2 and also in Jamie's a new sitcom that's going to start on Netflix Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. But with the Coming to America legacy, first of all, I talked to the director, Craig Brewer, who put me in Dolomite is my name and back-to-back Eddie Murphy movies in Coming to America. He said he wants to work with me mm-hmm. and every film he does, we'll see how that goes. Right. <laughs> Craig um, knew that you what you can't do in this life is fuck this up. Mm. He asked me, was this film as good as the first one? I said, well, you know, the first one is the first one. Mm -hmm. So you can't really compare to the first one. He said, is it as good? No, he said, is it better than the first one? I said, you know, you can't do do that. He said, is it as good as the first one? I said, yes, it is. Because 
there's these three factors that you have to think about. First of all, the actors and the cameos that are in here are not just cheesy-ass cameos. They're prevalent to the story. Nice. You know, you will see, number one. Number two, the wardrobe is so thick. Mm. Fabrics that were flown in from Egypt, from her, from places that you've never even seen this type of fabric. Mm. Dresses that weighed 80 pounds, headdresses and crowns and all kinds of stuff. I've got all that behind-the-scenes footage that I can drop when the movie starts. I've been holding on to this shit like a year. I'm about to get a hemorrhoid for <laughs> not being able to post these damn pictures and videos <laughs> and stuff. And third of all, they're doing a documentary because, you know, the wardrobe was done by Ruth Carter. She's the first black woman to win the Oscar for wardrobe for Black Panther. Mm. So she did the wardrobe. The people who did the hair, Merck Arsenal. Uh, I know Merck. Did, did, Merck, Merck did the hair. Well, she's the hair supervisor, a makeup supervisor, I mean, for the show. She's a makeup supervisor. And then the hair was fucking phenomenal. They're doing a documentary, I think, with those three. Mm. But I don't you don't always see that a documentary about the the you know, the the, the people who, who put all the looks together. Right. The the story is wonderful. I have to say, as much as I don't love Leslie Jones, mm-hmm. we had a feud that went on for like fifteen years. We were able to um after much convincing from the director, mm. we were able to um, uh, put a squash to that. Not that we're going to sit around and flip kiss each other, but, you know, we're able to be in the same room mm-hmm. with each other. Now, Leslie Jones probably did the best acting job of her life. Mm. And it takes me to say that. She got picked for a specific reason that you will understand during during the movie. Mm-hmm. And she also um, delivered. It, it took a lot wow. now. You know, I'll tell you more off off the air. Yeah. But she did she, she delivered one of the best performances that she's ever, wow. ever, ever done. And yeah. the rest of the cast is amazing. You know, you got Garcelle again, you got Arsenio again, you got Randy Watson, you got the Reverend, you got the old guys in the barbershop. Somebody said those old guys ought to be dead or a hundred years old by now. I said it's a movie, right? It's it's a movie, it's a movie. right? Okay. Yeah. And Tiana Taylor is the sexiest bitch you've seen on film since Halle Berry came out that water. Wow. Okay? Tiana like Taylor, that. honey, honey. I, I I had to go take me a cold shower after seeing <laughs> Tiana Taylor in this movie. So it's really, really an excellent film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people are going to love it. Other people are not. The people who don't are just jealous that they're not in it. Boom. There I said it. Well, let me so just say this. Like, I am. I cannot. You don't want to mess with a classic, but you sound like, wow, this is going to go beyond the expectations really because you, you don't have a lot of really expectations great. for a sequel. But. Coming to America, if you're going to do it, and I know with Eddie involved, I know they're not going to sit up there and, and, and go like, hey, let's just put it out there and make this money. Because no, you know no, it's going to no. break every it's, record. Everybody, plus, you're looking at a film that was 32 years later. This is not a remake. This is a sequel. Mm. And everybody from the first movie still looks good and is in this movie. From James Earl Jones to John Amos and McDowell, wow. the only person who's not physically in the movie is um 
uh, Mad Sinclair, mm-hmm. the great Mad Sinclair who played Prince Akeem's mother. Right. She did pass away. Yes. But there, and the guy from Soul Glow, he's not in it because he was Lisa's boyfriend 32 years ago. What would he be doing in the film? However, there's a Soul Glow poster in the movie. <laughs> awesome. And the thirsty sister is not in the film, but they flash back and give you pieces of the old film incorporated nice. into the new film. So it's really, really great, and I'm very, very proud to be, be in it. Well, you know? I'm just proud to call you my friend, and, you know, you just we've just been talking nonstop here for a half an hour, and I, I want to thank you. And, you know, see, Linnell's one of those kind of people. It could be 3 in the morning, wherever she is, and I can yeah. call her, and she'll pick it up. Oh, Russ, I'm hanging out with Shaka Khan. What? <laughs> I mean, this, I'm over here with Patty LaBelle. I'm, yes. I'm kicking it with Glodine White. Right. Because I don't give a shit about my peers in the business. I give a shit about legends. I hear I'd you. like to hang out with legends. Legend. I want to be a legend. I love Dion Cole. I don't give a shit about hanging out with Dion Cole. I've been hanging out with Dion Cole for 30 years. Right. I know DL. I don't hang out with DL. I know that, you know, because first of all, these boys are very narcissistic in this business <laughs> and they do all their business on the golf course. And they don't include the women Oops. very much at all. Linnell, it's, it's, I love you. And I, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. Anytime, anywhere, you know it. I, I but get you. the money up. Get, go where the money resides, nigga. Get the money up, please. I, all right, baby. You take care of yourself. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, don't forget to check out Lunell and Coming to America. But it's time for me to get stuff off my chest. We call it Russ's Rant. Emmett Till was 14 years old and he was lynched in 1955. Now, you guys know the story about Emmett Till. He was accused of offending a white woman. A white woman said in Mississippi that he was flirting with her and whistling at her. She told some relatives they took him to a river, they beat him. They hung him and threw him in the river. 14 years old. And the lady, Carolyn Bryant, she got to live her life. Because these guys that murdered Emmett Till stood before an all-white jury and they found them innocent. Not guilty. But Carolyn Bryant lived her life. I think she died in 2008. That's 47 years of living your life. And right before she died, she said she lied. That didn't happen. Oh, you got guilty at the end of your life. Now, that's just one case that we know about. Emmett Till's mom refused to close his casket because she wanted the world to see how badly he was beaten. Like I said, that was just one case that we knew about. There were thousands. Flash forward, 2021. Remember Central Park, Karen? Remember this? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking pictures and calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Yeah, Central Park, Karen told this black man that she was going to call the police because she feared for her life. Her case was dismissed after she took five racial sensitivity classes. Christian Cooper was a bird watcher that day, and they got into a verbal 
confrontation, and that's when she said she was calling the police. But Christian didn't want to press charges against her. She suffered enough. She lost her job. They took her dog away from her. She's paid a steep price. I'm sorry, Christian, but I got to call bullshit on that because they needed to make an example out of her. Because if this was back in 1955, police could have showed up and killed you. They could have hung you. But thank goodness that you didn't determine whether she was going to suffer any consequences for her actions because the New York DA went after her anyway, and all they gave her was racial sensitivity classes and a go-home scot-free card. They should have made an example out of her if That crime is 20 years. They should have sentenced her like a black person. And she should have been thrown under the jail. Because that could have worked out totally different. He's recording me and threatening myself and my dog. (laughs) And my dog. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. Christian Cooper, you were lucky. It's not 1955. Then again, what's the difference between 1955 and 2021? Nothing. That's my rant. Thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ Podcast. We'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Park Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.